Hello and welcome to Leftovers. This is our second podcast of the series um, and we're getting used to the process, getting used to each other, the subjects, the recording, the microphones. Things are getting a little bit easier, but we still have a long way to go. Our theme is still the GNDE, the Green New Deal of Europe, as a backdrop, but anything that's left-leaning political discussion in the news, fun, or just a subject that pops in that we feel like we need, need to discuss, that's what we'll discuss. Uh, Samuel and myself, Carlos, we're both sort of laymen learning about these subjects. We're not at all specialists in the field. So we're discussing so that we can learn, and we're inviting guests so that we can learn. And as we learn, we hope to share this learning, and uh, we hope you join us. So thanks very much for joining us, and uh, let's get on with the episode. So here we go. Yeah. Because... Uh, okay. Yeah. So here yeah. we are. Welcome to yet another episode of Leftovers. Joining myself, Carlos, and... Uh, Someone Kamali. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our next episode. This is episode number two. Um, we have a good, a good guest joining us this evening, um, one of our local friends from Finland. So uh, who's an architect who will be sharing some ideas and thoughts, but also on all subjects, he's a, he's a friend of the, of the podcast. And, uh, and if one of us can't make it, I'm sure he'll be jumping in as a co-host once in a while. Um, so that's, that's who our guest is. But we wanted to just get going and talk about subjects that are concerning us. And right now we're discussing how um, the world seems, how can I say, politically the left spectrum around the world. So from the United States, uh, South America, England, or United Kingdom, Europe, uh, we're, they're all pretty much divided. And when I say divided, I mean they're unorganized at this point in time to deal with what will tomorrow bring in terms of once this virus has run its course. The big corporations are gearing up they're spinning into gear, re putting money into research and development. They're going to be hiring staff for cheaper salaries on temporary contracts. You know, they're going to make it, they're going to try and take advantage of this, of this whole thing. I even have a feeling that there's massive injection of money from the fossil fuel industry to delay any changes. So there's going to be all sorts of articles coming up about what's not really sustainable and this and that is not really going to work out. And we'll discuss the whole Michael Moore controversy with regards to his film and the, uh, some of the views. I haven't seen the film, but those are the things we're going to be talking about this evening. Um, and uh, we welcome you. Right now, we were just discussing this exact point about how the left, the left spectrum of politics seems a little bit unorganized to take, um, to make it, to take advantage of this uh, scenario where we could be highlighting how bad the world is in terms of climate change and that that's way bigger a problem than the coronavirus that we're having right now. And it's just a symptom, one of the symptoms, uh, like a rash that we've developed and the, the real problem is going to come. And, um, and we're one still not getting organized. Exactly, and we're still not getting organized. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think the key question is like how, 
how to organize because as we we see in different different kind of movements that there's also like internal struggles struggles of power yes, sure and sometimes and sometimes it like happens that the focus goes so much inwards in this kind of situation so it it's hard yeah. to somehow open up and get more momentum from other people but at the same time it's like we're all in it together oh yes and what it and there there is so much common denominators between this kind of different movements it's a but it's an interesting question how to how to build up that kind of critical mass yes i think that you'll find that the the european countries that are the most hit by the coronavirus will be the most active in trying to make change yeah. up front um i had a friend of mine send a link to a a group um call i just can't remember the name of the second I'll, I'll look for it while one of the other speakers is on a few a bit later but it's a group that is on the 9th of may it's it's uh, is it europe day or something along those lines on the 9th of may and they're launching a campaign to take europe back hmm. in terms of the democracy yeah. um and um so i'm not sure but it, it comes from italy uh, it's being driven from the italian side and uh, one understands from their predicament what uh, what the scenario is, but I think it's just very highlighted the stark differences in terms of um, well, I mean, pop pollution was a massive factor in terms of coronavirus, and in the north yeah. of Italy they suffered from the worst pollution in Europe, and of course that that was uh here we go here's Peter joining us, Ooh. and that was also the uh, one of the main factors why their their they suffered the most with with regards to the coronavirus is because of the the amount of pollution that's in that in that area so people's lungs were full of the pollution yeah, and exactly. they were weakened already their immune systems and that's why they were getting it much heavier than than most um so that 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 was a point that uh, i think that i thought that the italians will be one of the drivers and of course the french and german etc but but it, but it is it the is it a like pan european movement or is it's now just localized in italy i i think it's pan european that's the whole yeah. idea uh, yeah i'll pull it up uh, welcome peter welcome peter thank you thank you we were we were <laughs> in the middle of a discussion <laughs> i noticed i noticed no worries it's... you're welcome we're recording and welcome to our podcast leftovers and i've explained you. who you are already that you're a friend of of ours and uh, a colleague and um, and that we wanted to pick your brain with regards to architecture and also on a various points where i mean like we're discussing now so feel free to <laughs> to pipe in um but yes i'll have a quick look for that um samuli if you can i'll just have a a quick look i did see it it is called it is called, of course, now there's, oops. Um, I'm gonna open it in another window. We were discussing about different movements and how this coronavirus, because it's hitting Europe unequally, for example, like in the South, for example, Italy has been hit very badly. So that mm -hmm. also creates more momentum for, some of a change. Yeah. Because it's been in like total lockdown for so long time. It's like the economy is really in a dire strait. So there's okay. uh, a new movement going coming up there. It's called Citizens Take Over Europe. 
Um, that's the name of the, I'm just going to have a look if I can find a website. Uh, Sounds interesting. Citizens take over Europe. Sorry, you can take take over for me, Samali. <laughs> yeah, you have the agenda of the, of the day. So did you manage to... Here we go. So it's called Citizens for Europe, oh, Take Over Europe. They launch on the 9th of May, which is Europe Day. Um, and should I share screen? Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was shared with me um, by a friend, an Italian friend. So they kick off a self-organized citizens conference on the 9th of May uh, to take place over the coming two years, which people can have their say about the present and the future, ensuring that citizen and civil society participation is at the heart of all new initiatives for the future of Europe. Very interesting. Yeah. And here there are yeah. alliances. Um, Alliance for Europe, another Europe is possible, Civica Europa, Democracy International, European Alternatives, Eurex Civic, Civic Forum, uh, Forum, Democracy, European Democracy Lab, European Woman Alliance, EU MANS, Eurotopia, Mere mm. Democratia, uh, New Europeans, the ECI campaign, the good lobby. So I just thought that was mm. interesting. I it came across my page and I thought, oh, and I signed up for their um, mm. for news. Yeah. But uh, what it is exactly, um, as I've just read now, it's, it's a conference, but it's uh, interesting that, uh, that the, some of these people that have sent me the link um, are part of other organizations. And um, yeah. so I found that quite interesting that there's, we were just mm -hmm. talking how the left, uh, Peter, how the left is mm -hmm. quite split. Um, and, um, oops, let me stop sharing actually. Mm -hmm. So the left is quite split um, and I wouldn't say the right, but the big corporations are already gearing up for their for the new economy. There's less companies, less competition. The small guys have been weeded out in terms of this corona scenario. And um, they're all gearing up for tracking and tracing technology. And I don't mean tracking and tracing just from this point of view, but uh, there's, a, there's a number of things that have happened. I'm just having a look here. I also found a, an interesting article here um if i can okay open it up but that's also a very dystopian vision of the future because it's it's yeah. possible that it, yeah. it doesn't uh, open up so bad possibilities for corporations if you think about the last last economic crisis okay it, it yes. brought a lot of austerity austerity into the in into the european union Yes. But then again, I don't know, it, maybe I'm living in a bubble, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, bad, bad feelings towards this austerity and the neoliberal project in general. Well, if there's just going to be and, more and more austerity now, that's going to be, yeah. I, I really think the social backlash, I mean, I thought the social backlash would have come before this, to be honest, but yeah. I think that will just be the last straw. It will be, I mean, look what happened in France. That was nothing compared to when the austerity kicks in. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I mean, can Europe survive this? Hmm. 
I mean, if the, if, the, if the banks in certain countries are the more powerful banks in Europe, they might find themselves being okay, but the others will then revolt like, why are they just protecting themselves and not looking after all of us? We should be, you know, equal and da, 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 da. It's going to, I mean, that's already started to happen. But, well, um, it's been happening for a, for a long time. And of course, has, we, had, yes. we, had the, we had Brexit. Brexit happening, which, of course, I mean, I somehow changed the, changed a lot of things because yes, it's did, possible yeah. for countries to think about them. Okay, is EU actually good? Yeah. So, of course, there is, there is, there is dark clouds. I'm not yeah. saying that. I and mean, like the yeah. European Union, it, it is like, it just needs to, it, it needs to change if it wants to survive because the way it, it, things are going, it's the eligibility, like people are not believing, believing in the whole project anymore. Yes. I mean, like more and more people, I, I would imagine. That's for sure. <clears throat> but what will happen if this neo, well, when, <clears throat> I guess I should, yeah, the question is more, the more appropriate question would be how far is this neoliberal takeover going to be driven before big demonstrations and real yeah. uprising will happen. Yeah. I listened to an interesting uh, uh, clip on YouTube, I suppose. Maybe it was, was one of these progressives. <clears throat> There in, the, in in America, Jim Dore or something like this. Uh, Jimmy Dore, yes, about. I know him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's angry. <laughs> yeah, he's he's always on, he's always angry and he's he's always a little bit controversial. Sometimes he says some very hard truths. Sometimes he reaches a little bit, so you have to take it with yes. a grain of salt. But but yeah, he's yeah. definitely a voice that that at least raises issues. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think anger is justified. He's, what did uh, he say? His, his language is sometimes not not good, but the anger I think is okay. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, I just uh, thought of this. Uh, it was an interview with with uh, well some other progressive, I suppose, <laughs> and they were discussing the the New Deal back in the thirties. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. FDR's New Deal. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And. Uh, they pointed out that before that it was that Roosevelt was certainly not not that he wasn't necessarily uh, a pro progressive by heart. From no, from the heart. FDR wasn't necessarily a progressive. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He but just knew what needed the, the to be done. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. the new, and the interesting point I found was was uh, they were talking about uh, the situation before the New Deal. Massive yeah. demonstrations. Yeah, big unemployment. Really... Hundreds, thousands yeah. of soldiers that came back into workforces. There weren't jobs. There was no, hmm. I mean, there was, it was a tough time. And he was like, yeah. okay, we need to put everybody to work. We need to get building infrastructure. We need to change things. We need to look after everybody. Yeah, yeah, and but, he... but the interesting part yes. in between, the very interesting part, of course, the unemployment and the the meager situations for the poor and work, working class, basically what we're experiencing now. Yeah. But what I found interesting was, and I'd like to, to, to dig around mm -hmm. a little bit in that, was, yeah. was that they said that there were massive demonstrations, yeah. uprisings mm -hmm. from, from, from the working class. People are actually 
raising their voices in a very, very loud way yeah. and forcing uh, Roosevelt and, and, and the, the ruling class to do something about it. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't just that, that it happened to be some enlightened... Uh, oh, no, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, there was pressure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Apparently some, some massive pressure. And now the question is how, how far, how much pressure has to be built up before the lid blows up. And I think if there wasn't coronavirus now, it would have been in the streets already. I think so. No, well, I don't mean everywhere. Anyway. I think, I, I think yeah. us Finns, for, for example, we Finns, we will, well, I'm only half Finn, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I think it's going to have to get a lot worse still oh, yeah. before the Finns take oh, to yeah. the street. Oh, no, the Finns won't be the first. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, things, yeah, are, sure. things are pretty well. I mean, it's also somehow a utopia, the country we're still living in. There's a lot of like super cool stuff. Yes, I mean, there, compared to others. There, yeah. Wasn't there this council as Allah that is national? Uh, I don't even know what it is in English and how many countries actually have this that people can sign petitions that the parliament have to actually then take yeah. into process. And there was. Yeah, there are a couple of countries, but not yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually one in EU also, if there's like from five countries. I think England as well like, has that. The British yeah. Parliament has that okay, cool. facility. But, but anyway, there was, there, was this the petition of, there was this petition about this electric, the electric grids in Finland, that yeah. it should be like uh, a country should own. Yeah, it should be nationalized. Yeah. Like, wow, that doesn't happen in every fucking country. That there's no. A, yeah. a, a and these, this, these are discussions that have to be had. Yes. And they're very yes. real. They're very yes, real yes. because if yes. we're going to start giving Google and whatever Amazon the rights to our grid, I mean, we literally exactly. may as well give them the keys, you know. Exactly. Because um, that's so, the next part. That's yeah, definitely yeah, the because, next part. Because it's like, then it's also like, how, how could we then spread this? Because there's also like cute things happening in Finland. It's like how to, how to like, magnify that also yeah well yeah it's a good thing this petition thing absolutely but hey yeah when, really when looking at it with a bit of cynicism you see that uh, you know anything can be can be signed 50,000 yeah. times and then be brought yeah. to the rulers and the rulers will wipe their asses with it, with it. But, but then again now we at least have like red green uh and central like pol uh, parliament well yeah on the surface yeah but when it really comes down to, to things it doesn't mean anything yeah yeah and that's that's what i fear that finland for example i had this uh, funny idea of, of the whole pisa uh, you know the school yeah um education system evaluation system P, you know the pisa yeah, yeah, yes what's it called and Finland uh, being oh. chosen as the, the having the best education system for many years in the many world. Many years, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and I find that Finns in general aren't aren't very uh, um, educated on a general level. For example, talking to Italians, they're much more uh, knowledgeable about their own culture than the Finns mm. are. You talk to the Swedes, they're much more generally uh, educated. In fact, I think Finns, in general, are, well, aren't very educated at all. 
but I think and they're more so, technical. So, they're probably well, more technical. Well, yeah, yeah they, again, and here we come. The Finns are very good to, to do what they're told and stay in their place and not complain too much. Yeah. And that's, that's why I had this uh, ah, yeah. conspiracy theory in the world that, yeah, look at the Finns. They're, they're good people. They're, they're educated and they have good schools. Be like the Finns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this... Uh, 50,000 signatures thing, I think, is, could easily go into that mold of, yeah, let's keep the people happy. Let's give them something a little bit more, keep them happy. What do you think when, of when this? We look at the re when Sorry. we look at the, 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 the state of, of, of people in Finland today, the, the poor and the working class, their, their state have just gotten worse and worse. Yeah. for the past few uh, decades and it's yeah. getting worse people yeah. are actually uh, hungry and yeah. elderly people can't afford their their medication and actually yeah. they are dying because of poor care at elderly homes there were scandals here i mean yeah. it's really not good we can we can tell ourselves all these beautiful things with peace and fifty thousand signatures and this but hell it's about time. It's deteriorating it's slowly. Time. Yeah, well, that's, that's for sure. It's, it's like, yeah. yes, yes, there's the... It's the, like, like private, private healthcare. When, we, when I first arrived here, um, private healthcare, I don't even think I remember hearing people talk about it much. But nowadays, yeah. it's very prevalent. Most, even my wife, yeah. she gets fix, sick, she phones Mehiline because yeah. of the company mm -hmm. that she works for has no, a contract. No. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and, it's, and, and the funny thing is, is when I went to... Tervey uh, style for a, a consultation and there was a problem um, it was the same doctor that I went to see at the what do you call national the national health yeah. service in the hospital it was the same guy so it, it was quite a like so for the one I had to pay you know uh, 75 or 80 euros for the consultation and the other one it was like 15 euro because it was part of the national health service yeah and um, it was the same guy. So it's not like there is better expertise in the private one. And there wasn't even a better couch and flowers and a welcome with a cup of tea or anything <laughs> that you're getting for your money. All you're yeah, getting yeah, is, yeah. A, is a being seen immediately compared to sitting in the queue at the other one. That's the only difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think there's like uh, studies shown that it doesn't really make anything more efficient cheaper yeah. or better on the, and it's a, on the contrary for example in i think in holland there's been a lot of problems afterwards privatization of yeah. healthcare has happened yeah i mean so i come from a country where private there there was private healthcare there was only private healthcare and hmm. uh, south africa at the time of course if you think about it the private healthcare was only for a certain population yeah for who sure who could afford it that's and of course, when sense. Nelson Mandela came and took over, all hospitals were, all the government hospitals offered free um, medical to all people. Mm. And those who wanted private could buy it. And of course, they did. And of course, all the wealth went to the private and all the poor people went to the government one. And um, so you had any good doctors that were developed in the one, if they had any talent, they were immediately headhunted to the other one. And you know, 
I think it's very difficult to run a two-tier system like that. It's never going to, it might work for a year or two in an emergency yeah. scenario, but long-term, you're not going to get quality care, you know, um, and, um, but there are also laws. For example, a doctor who qualifies has to work in government hospitals for two years after he graduates or she graduates before going to private and earning a fortune, you know. Yeah. And um, there shouldn't my, be any private healthcare. I agree with you. I, agree. I, I, I totally agree. And with what's you. worse is that we had a, it, it's run by insurance companies like in the United yeah, States. Exactly. So it's not even a healthcare facility. It's all about yeah. money coming in and money yeah. going out. Exactly. So for example, I would pay, let's just hazard a guess. I can't remember now. Let's just say I was paying 400 euros a month for the family's medical insurance. Okay. Yeah. You times that over 12 months, you get a number, right? <laughs> but what will happen is they would give you half of that number as a savings account. So that's the money you've got saved for the year. And when you go to the doctor, they take out of the savings that money. Oh, you've saved, you got, you covered, da, 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 da. you want glasses, it comes out of that money, etc. And then all of a sudden that comes to an end. Yeah. You've used, excuse me, you've used that amount. Now you have to pay. Hmm. So um, it's quite a, it's quite a system. Obviously when you're young, you don't care. I didn't, I was 20 and, you know, was I 30 and had some kids was like sure we'll pay the 400 euros but at the end of the day if i look back at it now and looking at the system we have here this system is way superior but the difference is, is that because you're paying in that system the service is exceptional yeah i mean you walk into the doctor's office it's hello samuel welcome sit down how are you feeling today let's get you would you like a cup of tea or coffee while you're waiting cup of tea sure let's get it you know herbal etc and they bring you they serve you the cup of tea while you wait and you're not stressed okay we've got some bad news to tell you your test results came back they're not as great as we expected you know it's all you feel pampered all the time and yeah. at the end of the day it's just a transaction you're just paying for the yeah, service exactly. and the money that you don't use they obviously keep and they invest and they continue to yeah. grow and grow and grow. And eventually yeah. that company, uh, this is going back 20 years, moved to America. It's called Discovery cool. Health. And they changed, I think, into Momentum Health and a few different names there. And they're probably a big corporation in the States now doing exactly yeah. the same thing. But um, insurance companies should stay away from healthcare because healthcare is sure. health care. The one yeah. thing I'll say that they did have that I would say our system needs to look at is that they thought about preventative care. So for example, if you're a non-smoker, your insurance premium would be 300 a month instead of someone else who's a smoker who pays 400. If you're a non-drinker, you'll be 250 a month and the other place will be 400. If you go to the gym and exercise every day and you've got a, you know, et cetera, and you've got to prove it, you've got a gym card, et cetera, and they can see that you're active, you pay 180 instead of the 400. So there is a, there is an incentive to be healthier and eat healthier and be active um, rather than just not be anything, take, drink and eat and smoke yourself into an absolute coma and then go into the system and say, fix me, I need a silver bullet, you know? <laughs> um, so so there, there is something to say about looking at people's health in that in that in that way i think is yeah. to try and prevent 
for example, when we heard like in December that there was a coronavirus or January when there was a coronavirus, I would have been telling everybody, okay, everybody, you need to start walking every day, taking your vitamins, looking after yourself, be more robust. So when it does come here, you're more prepared physically instead of just, okay, don't worry, we'll, we'll have a shot ready. We're waiting for this magical cure that's going to make it go away. You know, and I don't know. I think there, there has to be another way to look at it as well. I don't want to take the whole conversation. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, It'd be nice uh, if the society at some point yes. came to a came to a well came to a point where where taking care of each other would involve you know, sports would be something that everybody would do for fun and recreation not just some uh, testosterone pumped athletes, yeah sure athletes would be doing on television you know yes yeah and it doesn't have to you don't but, have to be the the an athlete. I mean, I mean, there are Finns that take their exercise extremely seriously. I mean, I was just on a walk in the forest today and there was a dude that ran, ran past me at least twice and he was gunning it. He was going, I mean, he was training for something. He was, <laughs> he was hardcore. <laughs> I almost felt tired watching him. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I'd that's, like to, that's, that's okay. That's I'd okay. Like to, Why not? I'd like but to bring the, up, the, the communal yeah. part of that, how, how to pr promote the communal part, so of course, that's something that should be, uh, the seed should be planted in the education system early already. Yep. That everybody and I think understand that that's something. If we're thinking important. in terms of the Green New Deal of Europe and how to be green in the future, I think that can be incorporated into designs of schools. I mean, already in Finland, the school design, they have a good play area. There's a good outside area. Schools are very well spread in neighborhoods. There's a lot of spread. But if I think of where I've been around the world where, you know, you have nice schools with nice facilities and nice neighborhoods, and then the really shitty ones have no facilities in other areas, you know. <laughs> yeah. So there's nothing. That's why the poor people are dying the most in this coronavirus is because they're, they're not, they don't have access to clean, organic, healthy water and food. They're drinking sugary drinks from air kioskis and pre-prepared meals that have been pre-prepared and usually they're also like and, working and they're, and they're working, working hard i wanted to um just i mean i hate talking about the subject but um uh, i want to let's talk a little briefly about this corona thing and the reason why uh, last in our last podcast uh, i mentioned a few things and I wanted to just like if I had social media I would be putting these links there that people can see that what we're saying aren't, aren't just our opinions and out of the sky um, this is an article in common dreams but there's a lot been a lot talk about it and basically what happened was and I spoke about it in the last podcast is that the um, the states in America the, the American federal government is buying all the PPE stuff from around the world and they formed what they call an air bridge. So they've, they've got the military to get in those <laughs> massive planes to go out and fetch all these masks and equipment and, and uh, what the oxygen, um, the ventilators and everything and fly them into the States. But instead of distributing them to all the States to say, right, everybody gets a, according to your population size, you get so many, you get so many, et cetera. Et cetera it's been then handed over to private companies who are friends of the federal government or 
leadership or i mean you can make your own assumptions on that have connections have money in yeah 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 and uh and then they sold so the states have to bid in auctions to buy masks etc from these private corporations that the american government taxpayers went and fetched from all over the world i mean it's the most bizarre scenario but anyway so here's the article that refers to it or one of the many articles i did find quite a few that refer to this um you can see it says project air bridge transportation of ppe equipment and other medical supplies Mm. and it's just insane and so many people are so upset about it and i bet you well once this the, the government changes, whether it's this year or four years time, there'll be a lot of hearings on this specific subject because uh, that doesn't sound very copacetic or democratic in my opinion, but I wanted to share it. And that also puts, puts the Finnish uh, PPE like mask discussion that there was like one shipment from China that was like poor quality. It's a, That's right. The situation is yes. <laughs> a bit different in Finland. Yeah, that's right. I heard about that. And there was a, I saw someone on a forum saying that we've had uh, the capabilities in Finland to make these things in the past ourselves. And that why weren't we, as soon as we knew that it would be a problem, why weren't we like incentivizing one or two companies to start switching from making cotton earbuds to making masks and etc. But I don't know. It's of course like, this is very subjective point of view, sure, but for example, for me, I was heading to Oslo. Uh, I was in a train going to a boat, then taking a bus from Sweden to Oslo. And in the train, I realized that our like trip has been canceled. Mm. And then like three days later in Finland became the like first lockdown. It somehow, at least to, I was really like, coronavirus it's just like another bird flu you know yeah and suddenly everything is stopped it actually some at least in my point of view it really came here very fast yeah and there wasn't even time to somehow like you know start making more masks because it was like happening somewhere else you know these things happen okay so on that point uh i'm going to share screen again on that point, I wanted to raise, give some good news and bad news. Um, I found an article that uh, that says that, that that this coronavirus has now mutated, and that there's a second strain. Which is funny thing is, is that from what I've read in the article, the second strain is already here in Europe. We have the second strain compared yeah. to the original Wuhan version. So the second strain has hit Europe and it was the first, the only strain that hits the United States is the second strain, the mutated version. Um, and um, and uh, also in this, uh, was it this article? It says there that there are people that are being reinfected, that once they've had it, they're getting it like five weeks later again, there has been a few cases. So that well, makes me think, bad. oh, what? But we were talking about herd immunity yeah <laughs> so um i think in a way that's why everyone's saying oh well we're gonna just open up because we're not gonna get herd immunity we're just gonna have to handle yeah. it i don't know i don't know i i really don't want to even talk about it my my brain hurts about corona yeah. at this point <laughs> well, well let's say it's like the future is very misty at the moment it's hard it to is. say it's uncertain 
But here's the article. You're more than welcome to read it if you want to. Yeah. And I wanted to highlight some good news. For example, in Pakistan, um, workers that were sitting idle that aren't getting any income, the Pakistani government has, during the lockdown, resorted to planting millions of trees to make mm. sure that green, that their uh, green, um, what do you call it, uh, rollout of, of their green philosophy continues mm. while people are sitting idle. So they've yeah. hired thousands of people, laborers, and planting billions of trees across the country to deal with climate change threats. Now that is brilliant. That is brilliant. That is like maximizing this opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I've got to take my hat off to the Pakistani government. That hmm. is fantastic. So uh, there's also like been talk in Finland now that there is uh, like the, the the whole farming industry was in trouble because there's so much people coming from outside Finland to work on the fields. Yes. Uh, and now suddenly people can't move. And now they're actually making this proposition that people would, even in Finland, if you're unemployed, you would still keep your unemployment money and you could go help in a farm. Yeah. Which sounds also like very, very nice. It's less, well, it's just basically keeping the gears running. It doesn't, yeah. it's, it's less than putting on the trees on the ground, but still it's, I think it's nice. I think I will volunteer of articles in Helsinki and Sanomat, which is the biggest newspaper in Finland, somehow like discussing of, okay, what, what is going to happen after? Like, where should yeah. we go? And there was yeah. this Rosi who is uh, like feminist, post-structural, post-humanist philosopher, was giving actually really nice points there of like, because what she was saying that we need to somehow re-imagine what does it mean to be human in general? And there's a big oh, discussion actually going on at the moment excellent. about this whole, whole, yes. whole factor is like a, the, yeah. the way we, we separate ourselves from the nature. Yeah. It actually makes it a commodity. And we yeah. don't realize that actually we are nature. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. If, we, if we piss yeah. in our own cereals, it's gonna, you know, fuck us in the ass yeah. sooner yeah, or later, yeah. with my language. Yeah, no. And, and it was also funny that she was also very like pro Euro, like European Union saying that, you know, what it, and it, we just need to cooperate at least in Well, I'm in European. agreement in terms of that. The European yeah. Union is good in terms of solidarity and cooperation and sharing ideas. Yeah. And, and for example, Finns are known for their engineering skills. We should be being the research and development hub of Europe. And yeah, exactly. France is good in other things and Portugal is good in other things and we should all be like maximizing our strengths and helping each other that's that's what i thought the project was you know <laughs> yeah but, uh, but of course it's not there is lobbyists and corporations and big pharmaceutical companies and monsantos and whatever that are all in the midst of all of these things wanting their money to be made <laughs> yeah and I, I guess the whole political climate has been so neoliberal for so long i think i think yeah. like since the 80s it hasn't really changed yeah and also how desperate they are to hold on just look at what they yeah. did in the united kingdom yeah um, i mean in terms of brexit and the vote afterwards the with the last election the people yeah. inside the labor party were sort of sabotaging their own party from winning mm. the election i mean that's just what why would they do that there has to be this involved somewhere along the line yeah 
and in America, what they did everything to get Bernie Sanders to drop out and to stop his momentum because they were really worried that, oh my God, he's actually going to make healthcare available to everybody, a UBI for everybody, yeah. the Green New Deal, they're going to be stopping fossil fuel. Well, we knew to put money against this guy and they put in hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of millions and they did everything to stop him because it would be too much too much of a yeah. change they don't want it to be if it's going to change they want it to be very gradual but unfortunately um like we said in the last podcast um dr zach bush um and i have that article here too because i was worried that that it might come <laughs> up again um i found the article uh, where he talks about or the interview there's quite a few of them where he talks about um like herbicides. So how many yeah. crops, how many harvests are left in the world? And he was saying that between 60 to 70 or 60 to 80, I can't remember exactly now. It's been a wide a while, but that's how many are left of crops until all the herbicides have killed the soil that we can't grow anything in the soil anymore. But um, I mean, what's fascinating, just going back to your previous point in Finland about getting people out uh, into the fields to help um, having your hands in the soil. I mean, I'm yeah. not a garden person, um, but I know it helps a lot with your microbiome and that your microbiome yes, sure. is, is your second brain in your stomach, you know? Yes. Um, and I'm working on that now is to completely change my microbiome right now to try Ooh. and change my cell yeah. makeup in my body. Um, um, but so, it's also like, like it's also shown that it's good for your mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like beneficial. They're connected. Also. You're, they're connected yeah. to the two. You That's know? true. If, if, That's you've got, true too. if you've got a fog and, and bad bacteria in your stomach and it's just acidic and there's clouds, you're going to get yeah. ill. Yeah. And, um, and that's why I got ill originally was because I was acidic. I was mentally depressed. I was, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that's just like a perfect soil for bad stuff to grow. Whereas good soil grows really good stuff, vegetables, fruits, yeah. and things that make us but, better but there's actually a really it's very like american but it's also a very nice documentary in in the ule arena which is this finnish broadcasting uh organization's own net network where that where you can watch the watch tv series and films it's called the biggest little farm which is dealing actually with this this erosion of soil mm. and and this it's a couple that buys old farm and uh, get this Alan guy there who's, who's their like guru who has like super much knowledge of old time farming and how yeah. to make the soil like rich again. I would love to get a, like a neighborhood course where someone would come and say, okay, this is how you plant. This is yes. the kind of thing. This is the, what you do your house. You're going to grow sweet potatoes in from this month to this month and there's the seeds and the next house they're going to do cabbages and and then you're going to give them sweet potatoes and they're going to give you cabbage you know <laughs> yeah, that kind exactly. of neighborhood would all work together and the street would yes. be like all different stuff been growing and we would put wheelbarrows outside and people would collect what they want and we would swap stuff you know i don't know they, they, that kind of mindset that's happening yes that's happening yeah yeah slow slowly and in a very still minuscule uh, yes. areas still it's 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 happening. You go on YouTube okay. and, and and watch for uh, home uh, gardening clips and millions oh, yeah. of subscribers and millions yeah. of uh, content makers. 
And uh, yeah, I just walked uh, just in Kallio here in <coughs> Helsinki, uh, just by the uh, the little park by the the, the library. Well, not, not the bear park, but right beside there. There's a, there's a little open area and just recently some several boxes in a row of, of yeah. city gardeners right. set up their their, their their little urban garden Perfect. for the summer. Yeah, I think that yeah, yeah, so. just as a recap from what we've spoken from the beginning until now, I just wanted to quickly recap so that if someone's Oops. listening to the podcast and they join later, we've discussed um, a number of things. <laughs> You've got to help me here, Samuel. Uh, we've discussed a number of things. Right now we're discussing sort of, uh, sort of, uh, how can I say, herb or soil, quality of soil, uh, the Zach Bush article. I'll put all the links in our social media um, in the future so that you can follow up on many of these uh, discussions uh, from the articles that were written in the first place. Uh, we discussed uh, healthcare, insurance, health insurance, We've discussed um, the coronavirus or PPE shortages um, um, and also the supposed uh, strain that's different and people being reinfected. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen that on any other articles. Um, so I'm waiting to see. I actually wrote to THL about that today, yeah. asking them if it's true. Um, and um, anyway, so th those are the subjects we've discussed just briefly. Um, and um, and I think now the subject that we're discussing now is sort of more related to the GNDE, the Green New Deal of Europe would be um, sort of future neighborhoods or ideas, et cetera. Um, and I think that's that's where we are right now, just in case you've joined us after the beginning of our chat, because we just keep chatting anyway. <laughs> so um, what do you think about... Um, um, the amount of the, the Zach Bush uh, had said that there's only a certain amount of crops left in the world to grow. Uh, I've, I've heard, and I don't know how true this is now, this could be rumor, but I've heard that there's in South America in the Amazon rainforests, some of these tribes had this so-called Aztec or Inca technology. When I say technology, it wasn't literally tech, but knowledge of a kind of soil that they had developed there that literally you could take a handful of that soil and spread it on a patch and it would re-nutrient, uh, re-feed all of that soil. So all the herbicides and pesticides would sort of be nullified by the so-called very rich ash soil that's been sitting under the Amazon rainforest for a long time. Um, and um, and also in the same article, they were talking that the Amazon rainforest was also planted. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to do some research on that in the next week yeah. for our next uh, next uh, podcast. Uh, just as a reminder, our next podcast, we have a special guest coming on to talk about digital, uh, the digital transformation on the Green New mm. Deal and everything from your own democratic use or ownage or your own ownership of your own digital ID. So everything that you do on the net is yours, like your ID number. Mm. It belongs to you. It doesn't belong to any corporation to sell and to manipulate and et cetera, et cetera. Because in the end of the day, the future money isn't really what's the, the future. It's data. Yeah. Data will be the money. 
And they're already working on that. They already know that. And that's why Bill Gates has now invested 10 billion into this new ID 2020, et cetera, et cetera, because it's all about data because they want to know how you buy, what you buy, when you buy. I mean, already they know most of that anyway, but they want it more. They want to know yeah. more. They want to manipulate more, et cetera. So I think data is the next currency. I don't yeah, want it to be. I don't want it to be. <laughs> in yeah, fact, yeah, the opposite. Yeah. I, I, but he will be a very interesting guest. Uh, so for please sure. join us for next week, the 13th, um, to, to hear what Christoph has to say. Uh, and um, it'll be fascinating. And I've already watched a webinar of his and I was totally like, wow. Cool. And I, in Lahti, where I live, making it, bringing it back to local, there is a massive, uh, massive, massive uh, warehouse. I mean, it's massive just outside Lahti where it's a big server warehouse and it belongs to Russia. It's a Russian company that owns them all. Mm. And I, there was a security guard that we bumped into uh, having coffee and was like, um, you work there is yeah. So why, why just think about why would they put it here and not Russia's massive. It's what is it? 20 times, 50 times bigger than our country. But why is it here? Is it a strategic thing that it's here? So if someone wanted to target it there, it wouldn't be there. I don't know. And I don't mean to sound conspir like a conspiracy theorist. I'm just wondering, is it, <laughs> is it simply a supply and demand? We've got a warehouse, you've got one, we'll put our servers there. Or is it uh, something else? Did we lose Samueli? Oh, he's just switched off. No, I, I'm just needing to. Yeah, no worries. Please switch off. So, uh, I just found that amazing. So join us next week for more discussions with Christoph. But back to this, uh, Peter, Peter is, um, is an architect. Uh, what, what do you think just as a, an architect in terms of, I mean, I understand that buildings need to be retrofitted to be more sustainable and et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of design and the future, I would be happy not having a, a massive garden with acres and a big property. I would be happy with a small little property where I could plant something, have it run very efficiently with a couple of panels and etc. You know, but I don't know if that's even on the cards or, you know, I don't mean a big apartment buildings. I mean, small sort of container, container, little plot, container, little plot, container, little plot and in the container. It could be those like cargo containers, one or two on top of each other or, I'm not suggesting that's the future of design. I'm just saying it could be quite simplistic. What are you, what are you as an architect, what do you think is the, the way to go forward or what would, what would you imagine it to be? Well, I guess you don't have to be an architect to, to uh, think up, envision the possibilities. I mean, if we're talking farming yeah. at home or farming yeah. as a, in the context of uh, of your own home within yeah. the boundaries of a let's say an urban apartment yeah single family housing is of course obvious instead of that unnecessary lawn mowing you could that you just should forget about and just turn grow it things into, yeah, and also the cosmetic thing. stuff i mean if, if i think about the pressure we get from our neighbors that the leaves have fallen off the trees we need to quickly clean up the leaves because we don't want them to blow into the next door neighbor's garden. <laughs> but the idea is, is that those leaves are very, very natural compost <laughs> for the soil. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we should let them be, I mean, trim the hedge, fair enough, you know, so it doesn't overgrow. But I think we should be 
taught or inst not in instructed, but yeah, maybe sort of helped by, I mean, there is a, a department of whatever you would call it and uh, agriculture or whatever in this town. Um, we, we cut, I cut my head once and I threw my branches in the forest and of course the police came and there was a big really? thing and you know, you've thrown branches into the forest and your neighbors saw you and then someone's made a complaint and, and I was like, wow, if I was throwing fuel in containers and throwing them in there, etc., and it was toxic, I would be like, for sure, please lock me up because I, I would deserve it. But the city even cuts down trees and lets them fall and lays them out so that it stops soil erosion and that they, they yeah. can refertilize the soil. I mean, re, you know, so it's part of the whole process. I don't know. I was caught completely, completely by surprise. And those those very authorities, instead of being watchdogs, could be helping people, saying, "Hey, don't." blow the leaves away, put them here, let's grow something with these things. The dandelions, instead of cutting them and pulling them out, make freaking salads with the damn things. Make sure you exactly. aren't spraying herbicides in your garden. I mean, I go and I pick all the dandelion leaves and we throw them in our salads and, you know, and even the clovers and the vini maria, the um, berries, branch leaves, and the, we throw them in salads and stuff because they're great and they're in our garden and they're yeah taste fantastic and they're natural and free <laughs> mother's mother's <laughs> gift mother nature's exactly, gift exactly so why isn't the authority thinking along those lines does it have to be a green new deal that actually says okay we need to look this way or should they be like already thinking to themselves well what can we do to make the future better or is it just cosmetic? No, no, no. We need it to be clean and we needed this to be uniform and everybody needs to cut their hedges before Johannes and because there are those kinds of pressured rules. I feel it when I'm outside. Everybody cuts their hedge the same week after Johannes, et cetera, et cetera. And I hedge cutting, I understand because the trees will overgrow and, and get heavy and fall over and et cetera. So there are parts of it I totally get, but there are some that I don't understand. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> well it's an interesting um, here we come to the, the question of community again and yes what you do with your how, how neighbors interact and yes work with each other it's quite critical and the authorities the authorities is of course more or less uh, they more or less represent the people right somehow right you, you get the government that you elect right right uh so i think it's a we need a, a bigger shift but we definitely have to strive toward communal living I and mean, getting to know, first of all, getting to know your neighbor. Yeah. And then, you know, in a situation, an example such as yours, that you went and dumped your, you went and dumped your evil branches yeah. in the forest. <laughs> well, um, I mean, across the road from my house, there's a forest and the city sometimes brings a truck and, and dumps some branches and tree stumps in there anyway themselves. And also they bring snow from the road and they push it into there as well. So it's not like, I don't know. I, I, it's I just, not like I you mean, invented it. Yeah. The first, and, the first step would be to to have such a relationship with your neighbors. That well, it, if that, you it, actually did some, something something wrong. No, no, no. Of calling the authorities. Yeah, well, let me go back to that point. Directly. Let me go back to that point because the neighbors around my house, we all do the same thing. We all take our branches, or not branches. I'm not talking about truckloads. I'm talking about a few branches. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. we all take it there. Every year, it's been 13 years, and we all look at each other and smile and put them there, and we look after the snow there. We build the 
the same, we use the same pathway for dumping our snow from our driveways. And, you know, there's a, a sense of we do the same. And when they heard the police had come, they all got upset. They were like, what? Why didn't they come to us as well? Why did they only come to you? Blah, 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 blah. They're very defensive and, and, um, and they still go and they dump their nuts. Even though they've put up these signs in the forest there, all my neighbors except us, because now we feel totally guilty, uh, they take and, and dump it there. Like, <laughs> but um, how can I ask a question of both of you? Um, I would have thought the Green Party in Finland would be all about this kind of thing. Do they not have that kind of platform where they're trying to revitalize and get communities to work together? Or is it, is it more just a political party that's more center and maybe related to social security issues? I don't know. Please tell me. I don't know what the green platform is in Finland. You mean the, some kind of green platform or the party itself? The party, the green party. Yeah. Are they really green or not really? Or Well, I mean, it has grown out of grassroots organizations and grassroots movements. Okay. If I understood correctly, but I mean, it's it's not unified. It has a left-wing politician, like more leaning on left and more leaning on right. And some people are in the center. So it's it's not so somehow uniform party, mm. I would say. Interesting. Yeah, but that, that you could say about any party, couldn't you? Yeah, well, of course, that's true. I guess uh, someone is the, the diplomatic one. <laughs> I would say, although I'm not so so bewandered in the world of politics, haven't have never been interested enough to really get to the bottom of it. But to me, it seems like the Green Party have, like most of politics in general, parties included, been going towards the right for the past decades, or maybe a yeah. slow slow move since the start towards oh, right. the right. Okay. But when it comes to things like uh, pr promoting home gardening, I, I don't think the Green Party is very interested it's, in such yeah, grassroots like things. Like for example, we, we were, I was a part of, we got quite far actually, uh, a little group that established uh, uh, Orga little organization promoting earthship architecture, okay. which is this uh, architecture uh, developed, created and developed by uh, American architect Michael Reynolds, started sometime in the 60s, 70s, building out of basically garbage uh, bottles and, and cans, and since then uh, continued to, to develop uh, his, his uh, his models towards a completely passive, uh, self-sustainable, single-family house type <clears throat> that uh, yeah, that is completely, completely independent and off-grid. And uh, we were we were trying to to uh, get a house like that built here, actually designed mm. by Mike Reynolds. Uh, and uh, in the beginning of of our quest, we were of course obviously looking for, of course, a, a client of funding, and also a plot somewhere, or in, in, if not in Helsinki, then in the vicinity of it. 
Yeah. We were in touch with, with some Green Party uh, uh, people, but I can't say we got much much help from them. Of course, uh, uh, everybody. Well, I guess it's uh, it's uh, you have to as a po political person you have to be enthusiastic about everything that <laughs> that you're your uh, possible voters might throw at you. I think so political parties... we got, but that's what we got. That's pretty much the only thing we got. Yeah. And I think this that this would have been something that the, the Green Party could could have really, you know, put a, a feather a in, the in there. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But it would be nice to hear somebody else's opinion on this. It would be nice to hear that there's some, some true uh, activity of, or progressiveness in this green field. Yes, yes green I would have party. thought it was. I'm disappointed yeah. to hear that the Green Party is not very green, so to speak. It's already, I'm sure they are compared to yeah. other parties. The other parties. The, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I mean, if I was the well, green party, well, some only. How how about uh, the left party? Yeah. <laughs> Compared to the left party, which one is would you say would be more green? Good question. Well, well, if you look at, for example, the last elections, and there were they they made this kind of comparison of like how ambitious was their like climate change agenda right and how how much they would be pushing towards that 1.5 in the next like 20 years and what kind of steps they would actually suggest i think the green party was the most radical and then the left left alliance was like next to it and after that there maybe came the like social Demo democratic party and and there were other parties that were very on the periphery of the whole spectrum but not going to mention any names. Yes. So that's, that's maybe one, one like this kind of scale, at least within when you look at all the parties in Finland, I mean, those two were very interesting. Because when I, when I did the, uh, the, the website where you go to put in your, what you look for in a candidate and it tells yeah. you which person you should vote for, or you could vote for in terms of, yeah who's closest to what your spectrum is. Um, the last time, I mean, it was very local. We're not talking because I can only vote in sort of local ones. Um, but I wanted to know who who wasn't looking at building a car park in the Tori, but who was yeah. looking at, you know, sort of more greener aspects. And funny thing is my town, Lahti, next year is the green city of Europe. Whoa. Yeah, it's the green city of Europe next year. So I'm very curious to see how green, how much they're going to incorporate, yeah. or are they just going to be window dressing? I don't know. Yeah. It'll be fascinating. What does that mean? What does it mean? Um, I mean, let's go to their website. They they talk about um, uh, Lahti Green, Green Capital 2021. European Green Capital. 2021 um, and Lahti, oh, sorry, let me share the screen. My, my apologies. For those people who are listening to the podcast, 
for every time I've said let's share the screen, I will have those links <laughs> in our social media. And we will be uploading these same podcasts onto YouTube um, soon. Uh, I don't know when exactly, but soonish. Um, so that way we can actually share them with as video as well as audio. Um, so here we go. So here's Lach, the European Green Capital 2021. Mm. And yeah, it's green, all right. <laughs> so you can see sustainable future calls for action, not just talk. This is why we've made the bold choice, the bold environmental choices every day in Lahti, together with universities, companies, and the residents. We are a pioneer of smart, sustainable solutions and the European Green Capital of 2021. I'm not quite sure what they, what's, let's have a look. Uh, City of Makers, okay. I haven't seen this before, this website. It's uh, quite nice, actually. <laughs> quite nice looking. Carbon yeah, neutral. Lahti will be carbon neutral by 2025. Whoa. Mm. Uh, the green city belongs to everyone. I like that phrase. Hmm. Towards waste-free circular economy. Nice. Yes. Everything is based on water and nature. Hmm. What on earth is a green capital? The title of European Green Capital is given to one city at a time for one year for merits in pioneering environmental actions, setting an example for other cities and, and developing innovative solutions to environmental challenges. Wow. So it's quite, seems pretty, I mean, I take my, I take my words back a little. It's way better than I expected in terms of <laughs> present, presentation. I'm just yeah. surprised I haven't seen any of this apart from the website. Hmm. That's ambitious. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to follow them on Twitter. I'm going to, with our leftovers, Twitter, uh, you can follow us. I think it's leftovers2, at lever, leftovers2, and uh, leftovers with a Z. So leftovers2, the number two. Uh, on Twitter, you'll find us there. Um, I've only got one tweet up at the moment, but uh, we will be putting more up in the future. And <laughs> yeah, the, it would be the, nice the, to follow on uh, un, unbiased uh, uh, reporter or follower of this lofty green capital of 2021 uh, somebody that see. would actually point out what's going on what's yeah good and what's actually happening. that's a good idea i can invite somebody to to interview yeah yeah hmm. yes i didn't think of that uh, leftovers too Okay, so I just wanted to, I, I tweeted something today. Um, let's have a look. Uh, where would I find my tweets? And it's a funny, it's a, it's rather a joke than, oh, I've lost it now. Okay, so I'm going to search for Pavel, who runs the Green New Deal in Europe, and his he had a very funny post that he had made. What is that? Okay, hang on. So he's got some very interesting stuff that he posts. I do follow him. But there was, oh, if I can find the tweet. He had a hilarious tweet. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a picture of a small monkey hmm. on a motorbike. A small monkey comes into this Obviously, it sounds somewhere in the Middle East or Asia, sorry. Uh, it comes down this road, a small monkey on this tiny little motorbike 
drops the motorbike and grabs this baby, this child that's sitting on the steps of their house and drags the child like it's wanting to steal it. Drags it like 15, 20 meters before some person comes and chases the monkey away. It nearly looks like it's, it's not true. Hmm. It nearly looks like it's not true, but um, I wonder why it's, where it's gone. Okay. Well, anyway, I thought it would be funny to show here. Never mind. Dead time. <laughs> we'll share it another way on our social media. Yeah, let's Find do it. that. Um, anyway, so I um, for the, oh, hang on a sec. For the last, one of the other topics I have here, um, did you hear about the story that these American mercenaries tried to raid into Venezuela to overthrow the Venezuelan government? Oh no! When was this? <laughs> It was a couple of days ago, about three days ago, and this nut job that tried this raid, he, he presents himself as this sort of Navy SEAL mercenary, I'm an ex-GI, what do you call it, Green Beret, um, and I got these guys together, and we went, and we were going to make the world a better place and change this government, and, and then they got caught, and it failed, and it was a mess, and, um, and, uh, and he got upset because uh, the 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 you know there's this there's the incumbent president in venezuela and then there's this other guy that feels like he was robbed because he was the last president and america's backing him so he had offered to pay these guys like 30 million dollars to do this it sounds like a movie when you're listening to this you're like this does not sound real seriously it does not but supposedly it is because here it is in the associated press they're talking about it Ex-Green Beret claims he led the foiled raid. I don't know if, unless, you know, I was thinking about this and I thought it could be just some guys that have wanted to film it themselves, you know, from like GoPro. This is us overthrowing this government. Here we go with them. Because their backpacks, you know, they had their backpack and the American flag rolled up that they could plant. I mean, it's just the most bizarre stuff. I mean, you, <laughs> you, can't, you can't write this stuff yourself. So that was one story I wanted to share. Uh, this is an interesting documentary that's coming out and it'll be free um, or, or I don't know if it will be free, but I heard it would be free called Capital in the 21st Century and it's being talked about a lot um, and I wanted to uh, show it to you guys because I think this will be very interesting to watch. Um, so we need to keep our eyes on that. Um, I think that's all I've managed to I've managed to, um, oops, you cannot minimize Zoom when you're recording, yes, okay. Um, and then there was this uh, Costa Rican uh, suburb that was giving- uh, Oh, that's right, uh, that's the other one for, I've got. Yeah. You're 100% right. Yes, citizenship for bees, uh, native plants, and, uh, and what else? And, and the native animals. I there it is. Was. Yeah. From the Guardian. Yeah. And I think like Costa Rica, when I read it, it seems that it's actually very progressive in, in green politics. Yeah. And they have a lot of agendas. But South like, America it, is. Yeah, exactly. But it, they it have really, large populations. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's super awesome. Cool. It's also like, yeah, also like re envisioning like how, like how to bring the ecosystems back to this urban concrete yes. uh, life that we're living. 
Yes. Yeah, it needs to be. It needs to happen. We need to think. Yeah. I mean, town planners need to go back to the drawing board and forget about exactly. technological overpasses for electric trains and everything. It needs to be thought of a bit more like vertical gardens and all sorts of exactly things we need to be thinking excuse me out the box so that we're prepared for what's to come in the future and the more, more green, ecosystems the better. yeah yeah exactly yeah but that was also like uh, this uh, like ecosystem and system thinking in uh, in farming this was like the, the documentary that i was talking about this the biggest little farm because they were using like this no fertilizers no pesticides just like trying to creating like an ecosystem that runs itself in the yes. farm and not you know chopping the grass uh, underneath the, the plum trees and just let it grow there and think about like this kind of natural ways of dealing with the problems that you face so there's also like this farming is creating there's also this problem that it's in 70 years the soil is so dead that it doesn't grow anything there's also the problem that 25 percent of the carbon uh carbon that is released is coming from agriculture so there's also like that needs to shift yep. fundamentally yep mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's fascinating i think there's a lot in south america that hopefully we get to learn about um i've yeah. only just started reading on some things i mean okay so here they're going to be carbon neutral by 2050 which is not great but, yeah but i mean 98 percent that's fantastic already yeah it's fantastic I was just thinking about uh promoting <clears throat> promoting farming among individuals you know mm, whether yeah. it be rural areas single family houses with backyards and stuff yeah or urban urban environments yeah. apartment buildings uh i mean farming. i've got a i've got a front garden and i'm just thinking okay it's maybe 30 meters in size square you know uh, and i've got some apple trees and berry bushes etc in there already and we eat a lot from those things mm. but it would be great i mean we don't need the grass i don't play golf on the grass there or you know i don't my kids are old and gaming and seeing their friends and whatever and going out to play basketball and go ice skating in town or whatever so the garden's not really used so maybe we should just square it off and forget planting grass and plant something i I just don't know how yeah yeah, that's 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 well that's what should be done and in some cases it's it's being done and i'm sure it's being done more and more we have to promote it somehow for yes, example, yeah. all these people, the last apartment building we we had, we, we lived in before moving here, where we are now, actually just a block beside us now, had a, a little go, a rooftop terrace where yeah. people were were, gar, were were planting some, mm. some edible plants. Nice. You know, tomatoes and stuff. It was up on the eighth, eighth floor, so... so mm. Like a roof garden. A lot of, yeah, Very nice. lot of sun. God, and I'd love to go and put a table there and just grab lettuce and tomatoes and <laughs> straight on the table. Yeah. yeah. And I've I'm, always I'm wanted sure a hotel a bunch, like that. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a bunch of this. And, and yeah. then even just looking at the interior courtyards, you know, there's yeah. a lot of space there. Yeah. You could grow a whole bunch of stuff there. Yeah. But how yeah. to encourage that? 
Yeah, you know, there should be. It's a, it's a mind should, shift. We should, we should, we should, as as a part of this DM twenty five, let's say, yeah, or yeah. just come up with something as leftover dudes. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Just a, a collective that will somehow yeah. research how yeah. to promote. You know, for example, have some kind of a competition, like the ones who the 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 the, the apartment block. Uh, inhabitants around an interior courtyard that produces the best uh, tomatoes they get yeah. something the biggest and, zucchinis yeah yeah something like this <laughs> and, and eventually of course it has to to lead to the commune communal you know the cities Fantastic and municipalities idea. actually uh, uh, subsidizing somehow the the this this uh, processes i'm going to uh, get gardening the court